Hey everybody, welcome to episode 144 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam, and I am joined, of course, by Dave. Hello. Greetings. Greetings. How are you? I am well. How are you? Oh, I'm better now, Dave. Good. I missed you, man. Yeah, we've kind of been away for a few weeks here. It's the summer, though, so. Yes. C'est la vie, right? Yes. But we're back. We are back. exciting. And uh, I think along with our, you know, inconsistency of recording over the last (laughs) month or two, we also took a break from Romans for a couple episodes. But much like the school year, Romans is back in session. Yes. And we are in uh, chapter 10. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I don't know. Anything uh anything you want to talk about before we talk about the Bible? You know, um we have moved uh Olivia to her college dorm room. Oh, I forgot about that. So that's a new experience. And Caroline is getting married in January and she's finishing up her last semester. But her and Shay have got their apartment. They're not living together for anybody that cares. <laughs> but we have moved them in and moved a lot of furniture out and we painted some rooms and uh, it's kind of fun to see them getting set up to begin life on their own. I am I am so glad that I am hopefully at minimum two decades away from that. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. I, you know, I, I don't know. I love it. I really do. I, I am, I am so thrilled with my life stage right now. So. (laughs) All right. Well, that's, you know, that's good. Yes. Sorry, children. I love you, but it's nice not having you in the house. Yeah. Well. I got mine in the house. She will be there for 16 <laughs> more years. At least. At least. At least. And it'll fly by. That. And that's the terrifying part. Yeah. Because it be, does go by fast. I will be on the brink 49 in 16 years. Yeah. Well, I'm on the brink of 49 in six months. Well. Then hey, we're keeping pace, Dave. <laughs> keeping pace. <laughs> all right. Um, well, I guess all I want to say is Yeah, happy to be here. Yes, I would it's agree. Good to be back. Yes, it is. I miss I missed talking in the microphone and seeing your pretty face on my <laughs> screen. Shall we uh shall we dive in? We shall. Would you like me to read? Oh, but of course. Okay, so we're at Romans 10, and we're going to focus on verses 14 and 15. And we've decided that we'll be done with Romans 10 after we read those two. So, from the English Standard Version, Romans 10, 14 and 15. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how are they to believe in him of whom they have, not, they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what, has, what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I read way past. <laughs> That's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> so 15 ends it. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got this nice little, uh, I don't know if you want to use the word like workflow or funnel, Christian ladder, (laughs) but how will they call on him who they've not believed and how are they to believe never heard and how are they to hear that someone preaching? So Paul is like walking backwards, right? like reverse engineering the process and um so maybe we start at the middle of 15 and work our way back to the beginning of 14 do some reverse exegesis all right which would be gexy I don't know. I was trying to say exegesis backwards, but that's <laughs> that's hard to say forwards. So. Mm-hmm. so how are they to preach unless they are sent? What what does it mean uh to be sent? Like to be shipped around, to be to be sent to new locations? Like uh, I know there's more to it, but I guess let's just start there. What are your thoughts on what that what it means to be sent? Well, I think there's an element of it just being intentional of people having a sense of calling, a sense of obligation, a sense of this is what Jesus is asking of us uh, to do. And so in order for them to be sent, um, you know, there's kind of the, the mission behind the gospel, the, uh, the Great Commission, um you have to be going to somebody with new information um as we refer to it the good news so um for somebody to be sent there's an element of they don't know the message that i have and so therefore i am going out to present uh the good news i'm going out to send uh or going out to share this message uh, that I have, and um, I won't go too far down it a little bit, but um, I'm I'm a little bit curious as to um, where we are as a nation, um, America. I know there are other places in the world, but just where are we in terms of the gospel? Because at one point, I would have said everybody in this country is aware of the gospel. Everybody knows about Jesus. Everybody kind of knows what his message is. And I'm not. I think that's a bit of a strong statement. I was going to say, I don't know. Well, I, I don't think that's. I'm, I'm talking like 20 years ago. <laughs> I felt that way. 
And I don't well, think okay. I feel that way so, now. Right, but I th- I think I'm I'm going to disagree with you here. Okay. Uh it's it's like SNL syndrome. Everyone remembers the good cast, you know, Chris Farley and Adam Sandler and all those guys. That's not the good were, cast. Well, Eddie Murphy, like fine, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, whatever. It depends on your generation. Exactly. But my point is Exactly, yes. My my point is like everyone looks back at their generation of SNL and thinks that they were the best because they only remember the good stuff. They mm-hmm. only remember the Bassomatic, right? <laughs> they only remember, uh, what, what, what was his name? Huh. <laughs> Wish you would just shut your yapper. Uh, listen to Van Down by the River. I can't remember what his name was, but Chris that, Farley? that Chris Farley skit, right? Um, what they, and then they look at today's SNL and they see all of the mediocre or bad skits mixed in with the really good ones. I think, wow, this cast sucks. The show's going downhill. But it's like if you go back and watch what was going on, even you know, in your preferred generation or my preferred generation, there was a lot of duds mm-hmm. mixed in oh, with the sure. good stuff. But like you know, memory is selective, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think you know the statement that that you made there of. You know, at, at, there was at some point a time when everyone in the country, you know, knew who the gospel was. Maybe, maybe it was when the pilgrims came. That might be the last time. <laughs> but even then, the Indians were here, right? The Native Americans. Yes. So I think it's easy to, like, look back at the, the early 80s or, like, you know, the 50s and 60s and, like, you know, the, the cleavers and all that stuff and think, oh, it was just... But, like, I don't know. 70s and 60s is, like, when porn became a big thing. So it can't really be accurate, right? Yeah. Well, and when I say that, I don't mean everybody believed it. I there right, was right. No, there was, I, there was an extent. There was kind of an element of, you know, America, quote unquote, being a Christian nation, and really anybody that lived in this country probably should have been exposed to the gospel at some point in their life, versus somebody living in the Middle East or. So I'm not saying everybody was Christian or everybody accepted the gospel, but I guess I would have said. I feel like people should have been exposed to it more so than they are today. But again, I may be nostalgic and thinking it was better than it was. Well, it's okay. The bassomatic still holds up. So (laughs) you remember that one time a youth group when you made Travis into the human blender? I do. And then he chewed up all those peanuts and then put them on two pieces of bread and you ate the peanut sandwich. Yes. Engrossed out every single person in the room. I do. Uh, not the grossest thing. I, of, not the grossest thing I've done, but yes. Well, you know that's you know <laughs> my favorite story about how Dave got hepatitis. So. <laughs> so sent good. Yes, awesome. How are they to preach? I think we all know what preaching is, right? Standing on a corner and yelling at drunk people and telling them they're sinners and they're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, put it on your church sign. All right. So, how are they to hear without someone preaching? That's, I don't know. It's kind of a, uh, what? That's probably a rhetorical question, right? I think all of these might be rhetorical. You know, they're, they're somewhat rhetorical. Um, but at the same time, you know, God can get a hold of anybody he wants to get a hold of. So it's, um, as I read this, I don't want to fall into that trap of, well, if I don't do it, then how will these people ever know about Jesus? Their salvation completely rests on me doing 
the good deeds that I'm supposed to do, which I don't believe. That's fair. Because I think sometimes there's a little bit of, of as Christians, we put a little too much um, uh, importance on ourselves and what we can do to share the gospel versus what the Holy Spirit is going to do for people to be convicted. Well, that too, and even, you know, I see a lot of young people that, you know, are Christians and, and think that their only option post high school or college is ministry because, you know, if they're good Christians, they're going to go into ministry, even though they may not have the capacity or um, proclivity for that sort of work. Or I'll speak to my own. I really didn't want to do it. <laughs> but you did it anyway. I did it anyway because that's what everybody else wanted me to Well, I shouldn't say everybody else. That's not, that's not completely fair. I believe that others were putting kind of something on me to go into ministry. So I can relate to what you're saying because, yes, that's what a, a good Christian does is goes into ministry. Mm -hmm. Which I don't agree with either. Right. And I just, you know, I've seen it in some of my former students and um, was something that I struggled with when I was in college, in grad school, right? Mm -hmm. And... You know, the idea of going to law school and making, you know, a bunch of money and being a big shot lawyer was really appealing to me because, like, it just stoked my ego big, right? <laughs> um, and then I was like, well, but I shouldn't be chasing money because I'm, so I'll go into ministry, you know, and that wasn't my only reason for doing it, right? Like, no, you know, I had, I had other reasons and, you know skills and, and that sort of stuff too but it was just one of those like to me it was one or the other like chase the money or go be a poor youth pastor and I was like well I'm sure there could have been a middle ground which well, <laughs> guess what there is a middle there ground. is a middle ground right now I'm an I'm a application developer by day and a youth pastor by night so like I found the middle ground right yep um it, it allows me to use skills and uh you know problem solving abilities to to provide for my family a lot better, mm -hmm. but also allows me to, you know, do ministry and, and, and help, you know, as much as I can with the considerable help of, you know, others and the Holy Spirit teach people, you know, kids about Jesus. So there is a middle ground. And I just think a lot of times people can rush into ministry because they feel either guilted or like doing something else is going to like be a sin. Yeah. Or, or even not just a sin, but it's really not the best use of your gifts. It's really not the best use of your, you know, and, and like you said, those are not, it's kind of absurd to, to, to feel like you have to excuse it. You have to choose one extreme or the other. Well, so. yeah. And it, 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 it just goes on with the whole, like, being a professional Christian makes you a better Christian. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're, if, if there aren't Christians in the workplace, which I realize there are a ton, so, you know, I need to back down a bit here. Maybe your quote unquote ministry is being salt and light to the people at your quote unquote secular job. <laughs> like, and even that distinction, well, I'm in ministry and get a secular job. It's like, it's work guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
it's it's work everyone's got to do it so you know if you have skills that are best used in the marketplace go be a follower of jesus in the marketplace yes that's that's all i mean i would i would venture to say that could be a greater witness than a preacher because you have access to more people that need to hear the good news than a preacher does mm-hmm. i would absolutely agree yes but hey how will they hear without someone who's a Christian working beside them. That, that's the, uh, the, the Cam Brennan paraphrase, you know. I can't really <laughs> go changing scripture, but anyways. Uh, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? Again, great question, Paul. It's like our own little biblical Socrates. That was a... Bill and Ted's you know, adventure I just watched way. that the other day. Some of Keanu Reeves' wasn't finest as, work. Yeah, one isn't as good as I remembered. <laughs> Wild Stallions, man. It, it was good. I, don't get me wrong. I, it, it, it was entertaining, but yeah, not quite what I remembered. I didn't really think it was supposed to uh, tug at your heartstrings. <laughs> <laughs> so again, another... You know, pretty simple question. How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? Well, I mean, the mountains, I don't know, right? Like, there's that whole, like you mentioned earlier, um, not in so many words, but like the whole idea of general revelation. But again, the best way of knowing something is being told about it, right? And then being shown it mm-hmm. after, after you've been told about it. So, guess again, yes, Paul, this makes sense. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Hmm. And I think this is, this is actually a pretty, a pretty interesting step to me of like, okay, they've heard, they've believed, and now when they call on God, that is, that is an act of faith, right? That is an act of expectation that my belief is going to be confirmed, that there is going to be somebody on the other end of these prayers or these, you know, longings or these cries or these, you know, um, I don't know, crying out. Right. Right. And that, that to me is like a huge sign of someone getting past all of like the intellectual whatever. And just like in their like soul reaching out for somebody Mm -hmm. and calling on God and saying like, I need you show up, you know? And that's, uh, I think a really important step in anyone's, um, I hate this phrase, but like anyone's journey of faith, right. Is coming to that point where you have to just call out and, and be desperate for, that relationship and like i'm not there most days oh no i'm too caught up in my own yeah you know mumbo jumbo but in those moments it's like it's a uh a reminder that there is so much you know beyond just what's in front of my face that is so much more important Mm mm-hmm and so much more vital to, to life and existence and, you know, that sort of stuff. So it's kind of interesting going through like some of these 
uh, as I call them, like simple rhetorical questions, like to get to Paul's point, like how then are they going to get to the point where they call on God, which is where we want people to be at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going through all these other steps, like it's just another step along the way to get them to the point where they go, okay, yes, I need you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty encouraging to me to think that like being a part of any of one of those steps that God allows you to be a part of is like really cool because you may never see the end. You may never see that person get to that point, but like, you know, as you've always said, like we have to, the results are up to God. Like we just have to trust him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of neat to think like God could use you in a very, very small way in someone's life. And then four steps down the road, that person, you know, gets to that point and you never know about it. And it's not about like you getting accolades for it, but it's just like the whole idea that God could use people to do little things in other people's lives is just, I don't know, for whatever reason, that's hitting me pretty, pretty hard right now. It's really cool. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think this is a very pragmatic verse. It's very simple. It's, it's not, to me, it's really not even preachy. It's just kind of this, hey, if, if, if not you, then who? If not, no, if not now, then when? You know, it's just sort of that, what's it going to take uh, for this to happen? And it really is. It's just, it is very simple in terms of, preaching the good news, being available to the Holy Spirit, and sharing that with other people. And I am not going to say that I do it all the time and that I do it a ton, but the older I get, the easier it is for me to talk about my faith with people, the easier it is to kind of ask people where they're at. And, I, you know, I've never really had an overly negative reaction of sharing the gospel with somebody. Now, I'm very intentional about who I share it with. I don't really share it with strangers. I'm not saying you can't share it with strangers, but... <laughs> hey, Mr. Aggressively Drunk Man, let's chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and just... Um, I, I, I honestly, you know... In some ways, I feel like maybe I'm doing it wrong because I'm not persecuted. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of like, this should be harder than it is. But um, I, I feel very blessed in that I have a very um, good reputation amongst the people that I work with. And that, um, one, people that I would dr never dreamed would come to me for advice or just questions about this stuff come to me. And then when I have asked or shared with people, it's, um, in my opinion, it's been overwhelmingly positive. And if there's been any negative, it's probably people being more defensive or trying to defend their actions than it is uh, them kind of condemning me or anything. So uh, I probably should be doing it more, but, you know. Um, I, I, I can genuinely say that I'm in a place in my life where I take great joy in uh, talking about Jesus and the gospel and 
uh, if somebody is turned off by that, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. So. Yeah. And even in that, it's not about me. I mean, it's about Jesus. It's about God. It's about us being obedient to him. But, um, this really, I, I so I'm not going to say anything to the folks listening, but for me, this is really just speaking to me of like, why not? Why would you not do this? Why? would you not just ask people about Jesus? Why would you not ask them about their spiritual journey? Why would you not ask them about, um, you know, what they believe about eternity? Because uh, I think people in general, it's, you know, broad strokes here of, I think um, people are looking for this and they want um, a genuine conversation about it. And again, it has to be the right person, the right place, right time. Um, but I think that's more probably happens more frequently than we believe. Yeah, I mean, I I really love to agree with you a hundred percent there. <laughs> but there are people that are aggressive against it. But oh, I, I do think absolutely, I, I, and I know yes. you. I know you're not. Yeah, I I'm I'm splitting hairs tonight, and I apologize, but. I just, yeah, I, I think the chances of you having a positive or rather neutral conversation are much higher than a negative one. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you're mm-hmm. saying. I think there's almost like a, and I, I don't mean to like silly the whole thing, but this like the same pressure you feel like when you're going to go ask a girl out for the first time. Mm-hmm. I go, say no and laugh at my face and tell all their friends that I'm fat and ugly <laughs> or in stupid. Right. And like you go through like all the nuclear scenarios in your head of like, you know, my life will be over when this person says no. When I ask them out, but like, no, you know, I don't know. I've been rejected before. Guess what? You survived. I survived. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I just think it's, to your point, why not bring it up when it's appropriate or when you feel the leading of the Spirit? Don't feel like you need to be aggressive about it, guys and girls. Well, and, 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 and even in that, I, you know, one of the things that I've learned is, even, is, is how you ask the question. You know, like, I, like one of the things I'll ask people is, is what's your faith background? Tell me about your faith background. Did you grow up in the church? Did you? What you, if they look at you like, what? Those? What? Uh, that's not English. <laughs> faith background. What the heck does that mean? Well, then what I would say is, is did you go to church growing up? Did you go to church growing up? And then if they say no, then so then what? Is, what is your preferred house of worship? <laughs> well, it's kind of like those clips of of Donald Trump where he re- reiterates over and over again that he's a Protestant, that he's Presbyterian, that he's, you know, because that's even a clue right there. When somebody tells you that they're Protestant or that they're Presbyterian, it probably means they don't totally understand a relationship with Jesus, but. I don't, I don't watch those videos, Dave. Well, I try to avoid them, but every now and then I do see them. nobody got time for that. (laughs) You know, or, or what's your spiritual journey? Uh, what do you think about God? Do you think God exists? Do you think God's real? 
if you do think he's real, do you think he cares about what's going on? And I mean, there are so many ways you can enter into those conversations without having to say, hey, I noticed you have four uh, wheels and tires on your car. Did you know that there's four spiritual laws? And the first spiritual law is wear your seatbelt. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go straight into the kill for the gospel of telling people they need Jesus. You can start somewhere else. And yeah, like I said, I've, I, I've, I've kind of been paying closer attention that probably for about two plus years now. And not once in the last two plus years when I've asked somebody kind of a, what's your faith background? What's your spiritual journey? What do you think about God? Has it turned out to be a negative conversation? Not once. Well, that's encouraging, Dave. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> that sounded condescending. That is not how I intended that to come out <laughs> whatsoever. Like, as I was talking, I was like, nope, that's not the right tone. I apologize. Thank you, Dave, for sharing. That was very encouraging. Yes. Well, we worked our way backwards through two verses. That's the first time we've ever gone backwards in this show. Are you sure? Through the verses like that? Yeah. We may have like okay. jumped back to like other verses, <laughs> but we always went forward. Yes. This is the first time where we started at the end and worked our way back We're to the beginning. Awesome. Well, I mean, I think so. I, I think so as well. I think that's uh, all she wrote, Dave. All right. And uh, we have a we have a call in send off this episode. So, Dave oh, and I really? will bid you farewell. Who knows what's coming next? Hmm. I'm curious. Oh boy. All right. Um, show notes are <laughs> supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 144. Or in your podcast app of choice, if you look in the show notes, you'll find links to our phone number. So you can call in and leave a voicemail. Uh, or you could do email. Get Dave on Twitter. Get me on Instagram. Uh, click on all the links. Um, yeah, our Patreon is there. So shout out to our patrons again this month. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. No, no bad joke to end the show on. I know everyone's really disappointed about that. <laughs> All right, Dave. Say bye bye. Bye bye. Toodles. Hello. My name's Edith Duff, but you can call me E. Just wanted to say thanks for listening to Masterclass. You have a good day now, you hear?